Let's pray about the message, over the message, and I want to get into this tonight. Father, we do thank you for the Word of God. Lord, your Word is true and it's tested, it's light and it's life. And Father, as we open your Word tonight, we thank you for anointing to, to share what's on your heart with the people. And we declare that every ear is anointed to hear and every heart anointed to receive that precious seed of the implanted Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before you start rolling your eyes and saying, here we go again with what Pastor Dan is going to teach, uh, you need to listen because you need this, okay? Because uh, I still haven't recovered, maybe that's not the right word for it, but, but in January, Pastor David taught the message about uh, right and wrong thinking. And then he followed that up later on with it with a teaching on uh, the prosperous soul based on third John verse two and, and I want to look at third John two again because that really is the basis that that got me thinking and stirred up and 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 not finishing any messages so here we go third John two says beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And it, it just, the light came on. Yeah. The, the, the prosperity of all things and my health is, is in a big part dependent on how my soul prospers. And my soul being my mind, will, and emotions. How do I prosper that? And then Pastor Scarlett caught onto that. She added more to it. And the Holy Spirit is still adding more to it with me. And, uh, and of course, if you don't understand that biblical principle that you are a spirit and you, you have a, a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a, in a physical body, uh, this whole teaching doesn't mean a thing to you. But everywhere I look in the scripture, every day it seems like something pops up that, that explodes it even more, makes it, uh, makes it more understanding and makes me research even more. And, uh, you know, in a way it's not fair because I could, I could go dig in 30 years of teaching and bring out a message and, and just, you know, revamp it and, and present it. But now I'm, I'm digging and I'm finding out more and more and more. And so I'm, I, and it's, it's not a burden, believe me. I, I, I'm having fun doing this, but, uh, something processed. But I, I'm, I'm trying to find out what I can do more to make my soul prosper so that everything else can prosper. Around me, so um, just you know, every day one of the habits that I have developed over the years, I discovered <laughs> years ago now. I discovered the proverbs. There are thirty-one proverbs. You can read a proverb every day. Every month has has at least twenty-eight days. Some have thirty. Some have thirty-one. And so, a few days ago, I was reading Proverb nineteen. And verse 8 says, he who gets wisdom, Proverbs are known as the wisdom scriptures, he who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. And then back up a few chapters of Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8.35 says, for whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord, but he who sins against me wrongs his own soul, and all those who hate me love death. Uh, 
And in Psalms, one of my favorite Psalms has for a long time been Psalm 103. Uh, you'll see why in a minute. But in Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It's important what we remember. You know, your rememberer, I know that's not the right term for it, but your rememberer, your memory is part of your soul, the mind, will, and emotions. Um, it's important for us to remember what he has provided for us. And uh, all his benefits belong to it. He, he paid for it. They're ours. We need to know how to uh, tap into that. Because when you are faced with the emergencies of life, it's important what you remember. Um, you know, think about how you remember things. You know, I, I remember in in school, I did pretty well in most of my classes. But I remembered in a way that I could call it up for that test. Boy, don't give me that test today, because I have no idea what you're talking about. But how do we remember? We remember typically by something that we've done over and over and over, something that stays before our eyes most of the time. We're talking about renewing our mind to the Word of God. So the Word of God is what needs to be before us. Um, and then in verse 3, it goes on to list some of the benefits. For who forgives all your iniquities? Not most of them. All your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, he has the power to do both. There's no sin that you've done that can't be forgiven. There's no disease that you might have that you can't be healed of. That's, that's God's word. Okay? And then verse four, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth, with good things. What does that mean? Well, part of that is is that he teaches us the right words to say. And you get that from the Word. You get that from the Holy Spirit. It's, it's so good to have the right thing to say at the right time. You know, sometimes if you don't know the right thing to say, it's better just not to say anything. But if the Holy Spirit gives you something, or you can draw something from the Word... That, well, in, in, uh, Proverbs 25.11, it says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Amen? And then in Proverbs 18.21, tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's, uh, you know, that's a lot more important than most people give it place in their life. Um, so, but it's, that's not the end of that verse. Uh, satisfies your mouth with good things. It says so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I like that. That's one of the reasons this is my, one of my favorite scriptures. But I also have a revelation on that several years ago. The Lord showed me that if I want to have my youth renewed like the eagle, I need to start doing things that I did when I was a younger eagle. So, you know, it's not going to happen sitting on sitting on TV and watching Mike Lindell do his uh, commercials all night long. So, anyway, just, just a word of wisdom there. Um, 
And then we we went on and we talked later about uh, what I saw in 1 Peter 1.13, gird up the loins of your mind. And we we talked about how those those things that are uh, entangling and, and, and running from your mind that are encumbering your run, your race in life, uh, need to be dealt with. And last week I started the anchor of your soul from Hebrews uh, 6.19. And we're not done with it. So that's what we're doing. This is the anchor of your soul, part two. Okay, so here we are. And and I'm going to be saying really some of the same things I said last time, but I, I, I know that I'm going to say them in a different way because it's important that we get this. And, uh, well, let's, let's look at uh, Hebrews 6 again because Hebrews 6 is talking about the dependability, the unchangeable nature of, of the Word of God, and uh, and and it was talking about what Abraham could could anchor to that for what was in his future. So Hebrews uh, chapter six, um, start with verse nineteen. It says, "This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil, where the verse twenty, where the forerunner has entered for us." Even Jesus, having become the high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, we said last time, an anchor is only as secure as, as what it's attached to. Because if it's not attached to something solid, it's not going to do you much good. A ship's anchor, now here's my Navy days coming out again, but a ship's anchor goes down and at and attaches to the floor of the sea. The anchor of your soul goes up and attaches, it says here, behind the veil to the most solid thing there is in the whole universe, the Word of God. That is solid. Even though you can't see it and feel it with your natural eyes, it's solid. It it is the only thing that's going to give you the security you need to anchor to. Um, and why is this important? Why are we teaching this? And why am I spending so much time on it? Well, I believe the main reason is found in Hebrews chapter 12. Um, we'll go ahead and read the, the, the verses, verse 26 and 27. It says, Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yes, yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that were made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. In other words, everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. And there's a whole lot of shaking going on right now. Yeah, I know how, where your minds are going with that, but it's the truth anyway. Um, uh, what can be shaken will be shaken. And we're talking about the mind, but we're also talking about faith. And uh, before we were saved, all we knew, any of us, was what we can see and feel and touch and do and, you know, the, the physical things around us. But God gave us, when we were born again, gave us a higher way to live. And, and now we know about the spirit realm that we can walk in the Spirit, that we can walk by faith and not by sight. And uh, 
The thing is, what you can feel and see is so temporary. And it's changing. It's always changing. Um, So we need something more solid to anchor to and something that doesn't change the Word of God. The thing is, if God says it, it doesn't change. We don't have to anchor to something that's that's changing all the time. That We anchor to what He says, what He said in His Word, what the Holy Spirit reveals to us, and that is unchanging. If it's in His Word, I can anchor to it. Amen? Anything that's in opposition to, to what His Word says, to what He says, I don't anchor to that. I, But I can believe what He says. And that really is, is kind of a simple definition of faith, that believing His Word, and like Brother Hagin used to say, act like it's true. Believing in His Word and acting like it's true. Even if circumstances all around us are saying something different, and circumstances can talk loud. They, they want your attention. They want you to listen to them. They, they are very, they're not shy about letting you know what they want. Um, but if they're saying something different than what God says in His Word, we need to ignore that. And, and, and that ain't easy. But it's, it can be done. God, if it couldn't be done, we wouldn't be reading about it here. We can ignore them. Because that's not where our attention is supposed to be. Remember, we talked last time, I think, about the list from Philippians 4, 13, or 4, 4 and verse 8. It says, talked about the things that are true and noble and just and pure and lovely and good report and all those things. Those are the things that we're supposed to be meditating on, thinking, thinking about, letting our mind uh, feed on those things. If my body says something different, then what God's word says, I'm not anchored there. I, I'm anchored behind the veil according to the word. Something higher, something more solid than what I can see, feel, and, and experience here. His word is higher than what, than what you feel. Higher than what you're facing. Higher than any pressure that comes. Anybody never experience any pressure? We had a salesman come to our house just a couple of days ago. We thought it was just to give us an estimate on, on doing some bathroom work. But it turned out to be a sales pitch. And they, they make it so, so, oh, you gotta do this now. There might not be another chance. But we made a, we made a very wise decision years ago that anything that, that needs to be done right now, we don't do it. Or at least we, get 24 hours to 48 hours to pray about it, sleep on it, then we make the decision. That has saved us so much anguish and so much money, really. It's, it's been a very good rule. I would recommend it for anybody. Um, then a couple of Sundays ago, Pastor David talked about the faith of Abraham. Abraham's faith pleased God. In fact, the Bible says without faith, we can't please God. So... He's a good example for us. So I want to take a, a look at one part of Abraham's faith that is very important uh, about the area of renewing our mind and having that sure place to anchor. And, and this will help our faith grow 
You know, some people think, well, Abraham is Abraham. I mean, this is Old Testament, you know, mighty man of God. Who could ever be like that? He's, he is an extreme case, but he's, because of that, he is a great example that we can learn from. If we can do what he did, can't we get what he got? So, um, first of all, uh, back in, in Genesis 17, we won't turn there now, but in, in Genesis, he was, uh, God was talking to Abraham, Abram at first, and changed his name to Abraham, about the promises of, of, you know, offspring like the stars of the sky, like the sand on the sea. But clear over in, in chapter 17, when Abraham was 99 years old, is the first time God said, I have made you, I have made you a father of many nations. I have made you. It's a done deal. He had no kids. Well, he had Ishmael that he, you know, tried to help God, got out a few years before, but the promise was with, with him and Sarah. So they, they had not fulfilled what the, what God had told them about. Sarah couldn't have children in, in her twenties. And now she, here she is, 90 herself. I don't know too many 90-year-old women that are even thinking about having, having babies. Um, I don't know any, as a matter of fact. But I believe God set this up so that when it happened, there's no question that God is in this. I mean, 99 years old and 90 years old, having babies, mm, that's that's got to be God. So, and here he is at 99, and he can see that his body ain't what it used to be. Even back in his spry 80s, he was, he was, he's not, he's not 80 anymore. He's 99. He's almost 100. And Sarah might still be good looking, but she's still 90. So, um, God, it, it just didn't seem like an ideal time for this to be happening. Would you agree with that? You know, it doesn't seem like, but that's the way God is a lot of times. Uh, God will tell us to do things when it does not seem like the ideal time. In fact, with us, I don't know, he's never done it at an ideal time. There's never been an ideal time. And I think part of the reason of that is because if, if he did it at the ideal time, we might think we had something to do with that in our own flesh. And then God wouldn't get the glory for it. So, um, I know he's, he's done that with us and there's, there's a lot of things that we've done that there's no way we could have done any of it without, if, if God wasn't in it. Then, uh, in the New Testament, let's go to Romans chapter four. And this is a very familiar scripture to at least word of faith type people. Um, Romans four verse 17 says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. We just read that in the Old Testament. I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's another good definition of faith, calling things that are not as though they are. Um, it's not calling things that are they are as though they are not. It's not saying... If, if you have a broken leg, you don't say, oh, I don't have a broken leg. You know, it's, it's calling things that you want 
to come and, and be where they're supposed to be. Um, Charles Capps used to give the great illustration of, of calling the dog. And, and, uh, you know, because people say, well, I don't believe in that calling things that are not. It's not, it doesn't work. And even though they do it all the time, and he gave the illustration of, of going out and you want to feed the dog, but the dog's not there. But there's the cat. And so you start calling, here, kitty, 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 kitty. And somebody watches you. What are you doing? The cat's right there. Well, I know, but I want to feed the dog. Well, I can't see the dog. Well, no, that's why I'm calling the cat, because I can see the cat. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. But that's that's the way people are sometimes. So um, we we want to work by by calling the what we want, not what we not what we already have. Okay, that's faith, and without faith, it's impossible to to please God. Go to verse eighteen. It says, uh, "Who contrary to hope in hope believed." So that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. According to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. This is how Abraham could become the father of many nations in the face of all the negative circumstances. God gave him something that he could anchor to his words. That which was spoken. His words his words will take you from from where you are to where he wants you to be if you'll anchor to those words and not give up on it. Uh, if I give up on his words, there's nothing for me to anchor to. Uh, I can't I can't do it in my own flesh. Uh, I don't have the ability to get those things done, but it will be his words that bring things to pass in my life. Um, the only real responsibility I have in as far as faith is concerned is to hold fast, to anchor to what he said, and and you can check yourself on that by the words you speak, the the thoughts you allow yourself to think, and the things you do. If we have time, we'll we'll pursue that a little bit further. But verse 19 says. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. Duh. I added the duh. That's <laughs> And the deadness of Sarah's womb. Abraham's body and Sarah's body were not able to produce what God wanted them to produce. That's just the fact. And sometimes you can't go with the facts. You have to go with the truth of what the Word of God says. Amen. But it says, Abraham did not consider that. Wow. He did not consider. Or in the King James says, considered not. It means the same thing. He did not consider his own body or the deadness of Sarah's womb. That takes some doing, brothers and sisters, to be in that circumstance and and not even think about it don't let it enter into the equation of what what God is calling you to um, verse 20 says he did not waver again King James he staggered not a 99 year old guy who's who's being told he's going to have a baby <laughs> make you stagger I think but uh, he did he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith 
giving glory to God. Strong faith gives glory to God. And strong faith comes to church when nobody wants to come to church because there's COVID out there, you know. Strong faith overcomes that. It doesn't consider that. So, uh, and Pastor David was teaching a couple, couple of weeks ago about glory to God. And we do that. Give glory to God. And verse 21, and being fully convinced or fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Fully persuaded. I remember, uh, oh, it's been years ago now, but brother, Copeland and, and Jesse Duplantis were, were talking back and forth. And of course, you can't, you never hear Brother Copeland talk for more than five minutes without inserting airplane talk into it. But they were talking about, uh, Jesse with his first plane and, and Jesse made the statement to Brother Copeland. He says, Brother Copeland, I'm, I've been watching this. I, I can almost land that thing now. And Brother Copeland said, Jesse, almost landing is crashing. So, uh, you know, you can't, you can't almost, you can't, it, it can't be almost persuaded or, or partly persuaded. You have to be fully persuaded that what he said he will do. How do I get fully persuaded? I have to feed on the word and give him glory. Amen. What God said, God will bring to pass. What God said, God will bring to pass. It's not up to me, it's not up to you to, to arrange things to bring it to pass. God will bring it to pass. Our job is believing. God's job, He does the doing. Amen? Uh, so many times, well, even Abraham tried to help God out and brought along Ishmael that's still causing problems in the earth today. So, uh, but... Uh, Believing anchors to what God said when everything else is trying to pull you away from what God said. And there's a lot trying to pull us away from what God said nowadays. Um, our attitude needs to be, I'm, I'm not letting go of this. I mean, God said he'll supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm not letting go of that. Amen? And... Uh, that's, you know, that, that's one way to, to address your finances. Um, I'm not letting go of what God said, no matter how my mind is being bombarded with, I need to do this or I need to do that. What does God say? So Abraham's body was telling him something different than what God said, and he had to make a choice. He chose to believe what was spoken. He had God's word. And he did not consider any other way. And I think I told the story about when I had the stroke almost 25 years ago now. Um, we were called to the mission field. And I, I, uh, finally, I, it's a long story. I'll really shorten it. But, um, I got alone with God. We were on the, uh, I was all alone. Marta was in Mongolia, as a matter of fact. And I was house sitting on the Oregon coast, gorgeous place. And I was wrestling with God about being a missionary. I was either too young or too old to be a missionary. I, whatever it was, it wasn't me. So um, finally, when I shut up long enough for God to get a word in edgewise, edgewise, he assured me that if I would be obedient to what he was calling me to, 
then I wouldn't miss anything in my life. And then about, oh, just two or three weeks later, we went to a conference in Tulsa, and uh, somebody prayed for us, and I went out of the power. We both went on the floor, which I don't do. Uh, went on the floor into the power, and, and here's this, somebody's crawling on me. And Billy Brim is on top of me. Marta's got a picture. I don't know if she brought it with her, but Billy Brim is on top of me, and she's whispering in my ear, God is pleased with you. You won't miss anything if you're obedient to Him. Well, if I was, if I was pumped before it, I've got confirmation of what God showed. I've got God's Word on it, according to His Word. And so, I knew I was to go on a mission. And I had a stroke. Right? Just a couple of weeks after that. I'm in the hospital. I can't, I, I can't move part of my body. I'm seeing double vision. It doesn't, <laughs> circumstances don't look good. But thank God for the foundation that I had at that time in, in word of faith, in faith, knowing that, knowing that I had a call from God. That's all I had. God called me to go to Mongolia and I can't go in a wheelchair. I can't go and I, well, I didn't know about Mongolia then, but I, I really would have been in trouble if I'd had to, needed help in Mongolia. Um, God healed me. That's the bottom, bottom line. God healed me, uh, and we went to Mongolia. And, uh, but the, the whole thing is, uh, I, I had a choice. I knew I had a choice to make even in that hospital bed. I could either give in to what they were saying, or I could give in to what God had told me. And, and that's, and I'll tell you, it, we had to surround myself and as much as we could with people who were speaking life. Uh, even people in their own family were saying things like, oh, there's such good, good programs for handicapped people. Boy, don't say that around my wife, you know, uh, because uh, she wasn't going to be living with a handicapped person. And so I, you know, I was healed. God healed me. God healed me. Amen. Because I, I clung to his word and when I, and when I couldn't do it all myself, I had help with people around me who were speaking life to me. But, uh, I, I held on to what God said. I didn't know how this was going to happen because the circumstances didn't look good. But Abraham didn't know how either. It didn't look good. This, at 99 years old, I'm, I'm turning into a hundred and I'm going to have a baby. Hmm. How's, how's that going to work? Um, you just have to anchor to what God's Word says. Amen? How can I tell if I'm anchored to what God's Word said? I can tell by what I say. By See, a lot of people don't, don't have any... They don't monitor what comes out of their mouth. And you have to take control of it. You, it, it takes an effort. It takes practice. But you need to you need to be the one that controls what comes out of your mouth. And it needs to be life, not death. And uh, and what you allow your mind to think about, and that has a lot to do with what you let your eyes rest on, what you let in your ears, what you allow your mind to you think about those things from Philippians. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of, uh, you know, how you how you act and what you say reveals a lot about who you are, where you stand in faith. And we had a, a 
situation just a few days ago. A little boy in, in the town of Sach, Hungary. Uh, it's out in the middle of nowhere. But there's a, there's a little light to the nation's church out there. And, uh, we oversee that. We teach there every week on Skype. And this little boy, um, was in school and the, the school counselor, the, the psychologist, I guess they call in all the kids and they're talking to the kids. And he was, uh, they were asking him how he was doing. Well, how are things at home? Well, I'm really proud of my dad. My dad doesn't drink or smoke anymore. And we party all the time. We have parties and we sing and dance. And the, the psychologist, she got alarmed, called the parents in, said, uh, you know, uh, your son says that you're having lots of parties and you're, you're singing and dancing. And, and she said, well, we do. We did. Now, she was careful. The Holy Spirit reminded her to guard what you say to this person. But she told her, yes, we do. We, we're born again. I don't know whether she told her we're born again. Born again. Marta can tell this better than I can. Because this is all in Hungarian. But, but, uh, uh, they, they, we, we got born again and we're happy. He, the, he's, the, the little boy was happy that the dad was nice to the mom now. And, and they, uh, they do. Yeah, we get, we get happy and we, we party. They call, in the Hungarian, they call it a Bully. I have a bully, you know, the party. And, and we, we dance. You know, they, they just, it's the Holy Spirit. She didn't tell him it was the Holy Spirit, but that's what it was. But finally it eased the mind of the, the thing of, the thing is, you can't, you can't put on an act that your kids will, won't notice, you know. You know, Art Linklater used to, used to do this thing, uh, he had the show, Kids Say the Darndest Thing. I think he did it every day, every time on his daily show, uh, about, about kids saying the darndest thing. And he would ask them things like, is there anything your, your dad told you not to say while you're here? <laughs> well, yeah, he said, and they'd go on. So, uh, hey, listen, your kids will reveal who you are. Anyway, I was so happy to hear that. But, uh, kids, kids tell it like it is. But those, those three things reveal how your anchor is holding in your life. The things you say, what you allow yourself to think about, and and how you act, and uh, and that and that's when everything else is around you is trying to get you to think and say and act in a different way. So, like Abraham had to choose to anchor to God's word when his body was telling him something totally different. We need something from God, and we need to choose to anchor to God's word. When everything around us is telling us, ah, you know, that's not the right way. This is really is better. And it talks loud and it talks, uh, you need to be anchored in the right place. And one of the things we really need to pay attention to is this phrase in verse 19 and where it says, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. He did not consider his own body. It takes practice not to pay attention to things that are going on, especially in your body. Um, again, a personal story. I had a knee problem in Hungary, and and it was getting worse and worse, and I couldn't sleep without taking some Tylenol or something. And everybody knows a specialist, so we went to this specialist in Germany, did surgery on my knee. It was worse for a year and a half. 
and I'm walking with a cane and limping, barely, you know, having a heart. It's obvious something's not right. But never did I let it come out of my mouth, anything but by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I was, so I am. And people are looking at you, I wonder what kind of sin he's in, because he really is, you know. Uh, that's the way people are sometimes. But God still healed me. It, I, I, it, it took longer than I wanted, but um, what God said is what matters. And he did not consider his own body. It's hard not to consider your, consider your own body when there's a lot of pain there. Pain yells loud. It wants you to talk to everybody about it. Now, there are times you, if you're in pain and, and it's, you know, life threatening, tell somebody. But, but don't magnify it. Don't, don't make that the most important thing in your life. Amen. Um, yeah, another thing is, if you're gonna anchor to what God said, you need to know what God said. Does that make sense? Yeah, you, you can't just, uh, you know, in an emergency run and find, find a scripture. It needs to be planted so that it can bear fruit. Um, and we talk about, you know, Abraham had strong faith. How, how do people weaken their faith? They consider things they shouldn't be considering. Amen? They consider means you think about it, you ponder it, you meditate on it, you roll it over and over and over. I remember I, I told the story about George Lehman, the, the basketball guy that gave a clinic in shooting a basketball. And one of the things he said was, you become what you think about. And you can pay hundreds of dollars to go to a success seminar and have them tell you, your life moves in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. Yeah, it does. That's why you need to be thinking, you need to be anchoring to the right thoughts. You can't just think about anything you want and think your faith is going to grow because of that. The Word of God is the only thing that will make your faith stronger. And how does it come? Romans ten seventeen, By hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. It comes... Whatever you're hearing most is going to build faith in that. Good side, bad side. Faith comes by hearing. But the faith we want comes from hearing the Word of God. Where your attention is affects your faith. And and we can't just lay in bed and, and mull over the, the things in our, our mental arena. The mental arena is Satan's territory. And we, we can't give it to him. He'll take whatever he can get. What God has for your life, can't you can't figure it out. You can't see it with your natural eyes. But but it's there. But we need to be anchored in the right place. It's our spirit that's supposed to dominate. Your spirit can believe what your mind cannot figure out. And... Uh, you know, it didn't make any sense to the natural mind for Abraham and Sarah to produce a baby at at 190. Um, and but when it didn't make sense, what he did was just well, I wouldn't think about that. So uh, 
to con- he didn't consider it. It means don't think about it. Don't keep going over it and over it in your mind because your mind can't figure out what only God can accomplish. You know, that's, that's not what the mind is for. There's no faith in the mind. The faith is from the Spirit. Our mind is to agree with the Word. But it's, it's not the mind that we believe with. We to renew the mind. And when our mind is renewed with the Word of God, then our mind doesn't get in the way when our spirit is helping us to believe something. If your mind is not renewed, it will fight against the things God wants for you. That's, that's just the way it is. Um, if you need help in finances, but you sit around and complain and talk about how bad it is, how, what you don't have, how little money there is, uh, you're not anchoring to what God said about it. If you talk about the lack of money, lack is what's going to be coming to you. You're calling that to you. Uh, if you talk about how bad your body hurts, oh, that boy, that knee is really giving me problems today. Uh, it'll cause you to keep those symptoms a lot longer than you need to. So, the more you talk about something, the bigger it gets. That's just the way it works. Negatively, positively. We need to anchor to what God said about who you are, about what you can have. We say this every Sunday before we start service, about who you are, what you can have, what you can do, because what God said is what will bring that to fulfillment. And he will bring it to fulfillment as long as we are anchored to what he said. Amen? Now, I gave you about half this message, so we'll bring it to a close for tonight. And uh, I, it just it's so important to fill yourself, make, make your attention be drawn to what God wants for your life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is true. And, Lord, we have heard your word tonight. And, Father, we purpose in our hearts to be doers of your word and not forgetful hearers. So, Father, we thank you that uh, that we are anchored to your word and your word is taking us where we where you want us to go, Father. We thank you for it, give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember... You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're the lender, not the borrower. You are blessed coming in, blessed going out, and everything your hand finds to do, what happens? It prospers. Amen. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, and you're good looking, and you're dismissed.